If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Pixel Sift is proudly supported by Murdoch University School of Arts. Do you want to learn to make your own Twitch channel or podcast and outclass the competition? Well, the skills you learn in a creative degree in game, sound, film and journalism will put you in a class of your own. Have a look at murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts to learn more about what they've got on offer. That again was murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts where you can search Murdoch University for more information. Murdoch University School of Arts proudly supporting Pixel Sift. Pixel Sift. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sift, the show dedicated to indie games from Australia and the world. My name's Fiona and joining me tonight is my co-host Gianni. How are you going? I'm very excited because we've got some brand new music, which is I pretty know. cool. I know. I'm really excited about this new theme song as well. It's pretty awesome. So now we're also pretty lucky tonight. Uh, instead of one guest, we have two joining us. Dr. Kate Rains-Goldie and Soph Mather, thanks for joining us. So they're both here tonight to talk about uh, XRWA, uh, the virtual reality and interactive media festival and the blockbuster Play Up Perth event that is part of it. But first of all, Gianni, what are we talking about? Well, you know that we like indie games here, Fiona, I'm sure. Everyone yes. who listens to Pixel Sift <laughs> will know that we like indie games. But Jonathan Blow, who is, I guess, one of the older indie game creators, I guess the one more established creator of uh, games like Braid and The Witness, um, said at a recent convention uh, that the indie game scene has become stagnant. We're going to be talking all about that. Right. So let's get started. Mitch, what's Discord? Discord is an online chat service that most gamers use. Incidentally, you can also use it to talk to us at pixelsiv.com.au forward slash Discord. Yeah, you can talk about uh, episodes, you can talk about upcoming topics, you can probably even coerce Mitch into playing a game with you online. That's not going to happen. That is going to happen. You're doing it. I'm saying that's happening. Sorry. Yeah, well... Join you, Discord. You should grow your beard back. pixelsiv.com.au forward slash Discord. Always a good well, last sponsor month. right there. Yeah, chuck one in there. Um, last month, uh, Jonathan Blow was at an event called Casual Connect, um, and he did an interview um, where he was on stage and he talked uh, about games and indie game development and all that sort of thing. But he made some comments that were quite interesting, and I think a lot of people in the indie game development scene uh, had some had something to say about it. They So Jonathan Blow, who created games like Braid and The Witness, um, these really sort of blockbuster and, and sort of genre-changing independent games, basically in a team small team by himself, mostly with some other people helping out, um, said that game development, especially for indies, had stagnated in the past few years because of a lack of innovation. So I want to chuck this out straight away to anyone who might be watching um, on uh, any of our channels, live channels here. Tell me what you think. Do you think that games have stagnated or have they kept innovating? And maybe can you give us some suggestions about what games you think are really innovative, especially in that indie scene? 
Um, Kate and Soph, I, I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be for this answer, <laughs> this question, but do you think indie game development has stagnated in the last five, ten years? Do you want to go first? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, no. My answer would be no. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I would say perhaps he needs to look a di- bit deeper. Um, within my own community, uh, I kind of see innovation happening all the time, whether it's in, like, storytelling or collaborations. Um and that's just even like within Perth, so that's exciting to me. And the fact that like the argument um, that video games are art or not is still existing, I think, um, kind of makes me feel like innovation is happening because we're always pushing that boundary. So that's that's my take. But I'm not. A yeah, that, that games are not art thing is super annoying. But yeah, yeah. yeah but we were talking about this um, on the way over, and I think what you were saying about there's kind of like. Because um, I would kind of say like no and yes because there's that middle ground of like the mm. you know the the big the bigger indie studios and uh, there's this great book called uh, um, Subculture: The Meaning of Style, which is by Dick Hebdige and was required reading when I was in university for one of my courses. But it was really interesting because it was talking about how basically everything gets kind of co-opted by the mainstream. So it was largely about punk punk rock and punk music and how that became like a mainstream thing. And I think it's kind of just part of the natural process that something new and really innovative and grassroots will become um, developed and become more mainstream and less innovative and more established as an art form. And so I think I think you can't really say blanket all indies are uh, not innovative, but I mm-hmm. think that there's a part of it, yeah, that is more developed and that's just kind of a natural part of the process. But I think stuff like what you guys are doing at Potluck yeah. is like a real great example of like really grassroots innovation pushing the boundaries that's not commercial. And I guess that's the other piece of the the Dick Hebdige book is that it's it's kind of what happens with commercialism and kind of capitalism. So if maybe it's a good idea to explain to people what potluck yes, is. Yes, tell us about potluck. Um, that's a art collective I run with a couple of mates, and we put on um, art well, like they like exhibition house parties. So we have um, a bunch of local game devs submit games around a theme. Um, we get art and poetry, um, audio installations, anything you want to suggest. And also we just have a big house party. But that's been super exciting because just to see collaborations form with, like, local developers um, and just, like, giving them a deadline and them to create something. And it's an art, you know, and the passion they're putting into it. So um, that's what we do. And that's been kind of really healthy for me and I think I think Perth I'll go out on a limb here um, <laughs> I would <yeah>. agree <laughs> yeah but it's that whole that tension between like art and capitalism or art and commercialism right so it's like yeah. the art is really pushing the boundaries but it's also that there's more kind of established mm. um, it's like not the same space it was when indies were kind of like you know like the counterculture against the you know AAA studio and this is a bad year as like a bad example this year as um, far as Perth being a little bit behind on that level because we've had we have some very very great opportunities um at the moment uh but you know I think potluck for me filled a void in Perth you know on the, in that sense you know just like pushing back and just being something different and creative so I think one of the interesting points that Jonathan Blow makes and you can, if you kind of frame it from what one of these quotes here that I'll read you now you can sort of see the perspective that he might be coming from um he says that there's a small number of or people who I would say would actually do creative stuff and not saying what creative stuff is, but everyone else is trying to be like a cheap AAA game and suggested that, you know, that that sort of there was a brief period around 2008 to 2011 where it really expanded, but after that it's kind of been stagnant and I don't think you can just pick a topic and make a game about it. 
to, and have it be a great game. It doesn't really work that way. So, um, I mean, what do you think, what do you say to that, that, you know, maybe it is the factor that the accessibility and the tools are a lot easier to make really high quality games potentially by yourself or in a very small team now. Um, but maybe people uh, in that perspective might be making uh, different sorts of games than to what the time when Braid was being made. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends what your goal is, right? Are you trying to do something new and be innovative and push the boundaries? Or are you trying to um, make money or is it somewhere in between? And so I think, yeah, it depends on the reason. But because it is super accessible for everybody now, it's kind of like everybody can do everybody can do what they want to do and, and they don't have to go one way or the other. And so I guess you're just seeing kind of the democratization of the platform and the medium. And that's what happens is it does go probably a bit more commercial, but still that doesn't mean everybody's gone that way. There is one point that he also talks about. He says that the problem also, it seems that games that are really innovative aren't talked about as much. They're being buried by all the other games. Like you were saying, how it's much easier to create games is being buried by a lot of um, excess and all the other ones. Yeah. Then it becomes like a marketing issue. Because if you look at like any successful game, especially AAA, they spend more than half their budget on marketing, mm. right? So it's kind of like, it's not necessarily, is it the best game or the most interesting or the most innovative? Is it, it's, it's yeah, again, it's it's the commercialism versus. Mm. And there's like a big stigma art. around video games as well. So it's like, you know, um, more innovative, yeah, weird games are going to not, they don't fit that box. So it's going to be harder to market. I mean, even if they want to market it. Um and I think also too, like it, you know, if we're talking about like the the um, sort of maturing of the medium, I think like if you look at any art form or any media, you have the beginning where we're trying to figure out like what is it that we're making. So if you look at early film, right, it was just people were excited by the fact that there's a, a just a long take of a, a train driving down <laughs> right at the station. It's like wow, people will come and see that, and we're in that stage in kind of XR, like virtual reality and augmented reality, and that kind of space where we're doing stuff beyond just like traditional video games and it's at that space where like everything is to be written like the how the you know how it looks and what the rules are and the conventions and so I'm kind of more excited about that space and so you know for feeling like okay we're stuck with with indie games we're kind of stuck in being innovation in in the kind of being innovative there well I think that there's so much more that we can do in terms of pushing the boundaries and um, doing stuff that's you know like Pokemon Go was pretty innovative but we haven't seen anything since but yeah. Minecraft is coming out now and that's kind of interesting and so I'm seen hmm? lots of Pokemon Go clones yes. and using that sort of <laughs> format which is really but interesting nothing that kind of, in the last year yeah, yeah nothing that kind of blew people's minds as much and so that's kind of what I'm really excited about is um, pushing the boundaries of what we can do of games in the biggest sense of the word not just video games so thanks for watching Pixel Sif, your indie gaming interview podcast live on Twitch or whatever other platform you may be watching it on. If you've just tuned in, we're talking about whether innovation in the indie game scene has become stagnant over the last few years. So Sophie and Kate, what game would you say is innovative? What comes to your mind <laughs> with innovation? Uh, well, see, my answer to that is um, I well, I just obsessively, well, not obsessively, but was um, playing Red Dead Redemption too mm. till the end, and that's not an indie game, but I felt like that, like when I when I because I don't have tons of time, but you know, part of what I do is knowing I, it is. It, it sounds like a good problem to have, which is that I do need to kind of play video games as part of what <laughs> I do, which is pretty awesome. But when I'm kind of playing a new game, it's it's kind of I want to see like what is it that is is new about it, like what's the new mechanic, what's the new thing mm. that's different about it, and so. 
I thought Red Dead Redemption, like I rarely, rarely, rarely play games till the very end. And I know it's not an indie game, but I just thought that it was such an interesting, nuanced story. Um, and it, it, yeah, it was, it was, everything was really interesting about it. So I felt like that was, it was pushing a lot of, I mean, it wasn't, maybe it wasn't innovative, but I think it was just really, really well done. And I think very immersive. Yeah. And, and I think part of that is you can tell that the medium is maturing because it, you get to that point where you're having that, like it's built on the previous iterations and the experiments. And you can see that it's really like, it's such a different game from other rockstar games, right? It's, mm-hmm. but you can see, you can yeah. see where it's kind of come from, um, from that. And also the fact that it's even just the, the kind of, uh, much more, much more complicated male protagonist and, um, inclusion of like the 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 what happened with the indigenous people in North America. It's just stuff that you don't usually see. It's like yeah. treated so well and in such a deep way in video games. Like mm. it's not perfect, but in terms of like what I've seen, it's kind of like, wow, that's yeah, you can really see that it's it's getting to that point where it's really deep and interesting. What about you, Soph? Any game that comes to mind? Well, I I don't play a lot of games. Um I do more I don't know. <laughs> um, but I did, uh, yeah. I had, I s- did get to be involved a little bit with the Free Play Awards this year, and like every year, that just blows my, my mind. Like I think um, what excites me is the they keep like people just keep pushing stories, like storylines in video games, and um, like being vulnerable and being wholesome. And I think like that's a really big breath of fresh air for, for me but I don't I don't play a lot of games um yeah and experimental games as well but anything specific no no idea I find a lot of indie games are very good at focusing on the storytelling like there's there's so many out there that they will have very minimalistic art and graphics but it's the story they focus on and that's what I really like because there's lots of games like Fortnite and all the online games that have no story whatsoever mm. so I find that really interesting that that's the thing they go to and I think that Red Dead Redemption 2 probably has that as yeah, like exactly. a, to, to, to really thank for that is that they that authenticity, right, and being vulnerable is I think that really came from what, what's happened with the indie, indie, in the uh, indie game scene. Mm. But I also want to say, we were talking about this earlier, um, Kentucky Route Zero, I know it's a bit not so recent, but I was a huge fan of that. And speaking about really interesting storytelling, and Sophie yeah. maybe wants to talk about that a no. bit more. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of my favorite games. Uh, I really, really and? loved the storytelling. <laughs> you this is really unfair this is so unfair um yeah i just i got to um have brunch with them um in london earlier this year it was really exciting and really cool but um yeah the storytelling in the, in, in that game is oh it's got a vibe about it that game so um and i don't i don't know is that in, it, chaos well, so. was innovative i would say oh yeah i would totally yeah. say so yeah. yeah. Um, Jonathan Blow actually says something to that. It says that games are really good at making settings. They're good at establishing a mood, but what they're not good at is plot. So why are we copying storytelling st- structures from things that have plot? So oh. got a got a quote for everything there. Um, mm. <laughs> we might leave uh, this. Uh, with, we asked this people on on Twitter and Instagram and and on Discord as well. Um, so thanks to everyone who who contributed to their answers there. We asked people what one of the most innovative games of the last couple of years were. Um, on Discord, Wish said, um, I'm going to say Minecraft because I can't really remember life before that, but Minecraft is still one of the best games ever made. Um, Band Rider says, I really liked Shovel Knight and Cuphead as well as Binding of Isaac. And I think that's a really interesting one of 
you know, taking an established format and then innovative, innovating on top of those as well. Um, Brian on Discord says that um, Super Hot was really innovative. Uh, it made a shooter into a kind of a puzzle game. Um, and we've had a whole bunch of other people like this war of mine, um, Nobuyoshi on Facebook says, cause you don't play a soldier in a war context. You play a survivor of war, making those heavy moral decisions during the game. It could affect whether you lived or died. And, um, there's plenty of other ones. People are saying lots of people saying cuphead, dead cells, Minecraft comes up quite a few times. Um, captain Perth, um, says one, which I think is quite interesting, especially from the, the Jonathan blow era of indie games. Um, uh, Captain Perth says, I think Fez would be my pick. Um, the developer crafted some truly mind-bending puzzles and at times that span multiple dimensions. They even peppered in a liv- lovely little love story um, as well, in- innovative in the way it presented these puzzles and in the way that it made you approach the je- the game. Really loved it. I think that's so, yeah. a good place to end this topic and why don't we get on and move to the next one? Hey, Mitch. Yep. You know, there is multiple ways that you can subscribe to Pixel Suit. Oh, yeah? How's that? You could subscribe on your podcast player of choice if you like audio-only versions. Like Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts? Or even Google Play if you're in the US. Or you can jump on Twitch and you can give us a follow. Or on YouTube if you like the video versions. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know we were on so many things. Yep, and you'll get a handy little notification as soon as there's a new episode for you to watch or listen to. Wow, I'm going to do that right now. I'm sure you will, Mitch, because you're a good boy. (laughs) So tonight uh, we're talking about the new virtual reality festival, XRWA. So joining us to tell us all about what we can expect to see there is XRWA producer Dr. Kate Raines-Goldie and Sophie Mather, curator of the Play Up Perth Game Zone at XRWA. So just to start off, Kate, what is XRWA for those who might not know? Well, it's, it's really great because it's the first year we're doing it and it's running as part of the Revelation Film Fest, which has actually been running for 22 years in Perth and has about 22,000 attendees every year. So it's kind of part of this massive, established, amazing festival. Um, but it's it's basically um, a festival of immersive reality and we, we're using that in the broadest sense. So it includes sc- screen-based video games, but augmented reality, mixed reality, virtual reality, kind of all the things. And I think that it's um, probably one of the first, if not the first of its kind in Australia, for sure in WA. And so um, I think that it's a really great kind of showcase of what's happening in WA that's really amazing and connecting point between kind of film and VR and AR and mixed reality and video games. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of like what we need to to have happening. It's really great to see games finally being included in the Revelations Festival and some of these other big festivals that have been going on for ages. So what could you give us a little bit of a taste of what experiences we might see at the festival? Sure. So uh, the um, from July, it's running in July, so it's basically a week-long thing, but the kind of conference or um, expo proper is running from the 12th of July to the 14th of July. And so that's basically at the Pan Pacific. There is going to be uh, the Games and Experience Emporium, which is you can come and try a whole bunch of different stuff, and that's what the Play Up Perth um Game Zone is going to be part of, which is exclusively games. And there's also going to be amazing panels um, from local creators as well as people coming um, from interstate. So we have Christy Dana and Maze Wallen coming from interstate. And um, we have also stuff around VR and enterprise and VR and creative. So I'm going to be moderating those two panels. And uh, even we have, even have a Lego for Serious Play workshop. So we're really kind of pushing that like games mm. and play and 
celebrating kind of all of the stuff that's happening in the space. And so if Kate mentioned there that play up Perth um, component of it, um, can you tell us what that is and how it all works? Yeah, so um, we've been uh, offered a space um, through, so it's been presented by Sentient Computing, which is very nice, um, the play up Perth game zone. Um, and I want it to be a space that has like your regular play up games that are going to be like mid development, but also like showcasing um, more of, you know, like a uh, finished, polished games as well. Um, I chased up Hian Pham uh, because his body of work is incredible and it's, like, you know, uh, based from an analogue format and he's turned it into digital, which I, I quite like, that little, yeah, part of it. Um, yeah, so it's going to be an assortment of different games. Um, it's going to be quite relaxed and, yeah, the, we'll, we'll be announcing who's going to be there later on next week. Is the idea all West Australian titles? Is yeah. that kind of the Yeah, this year it is. Um, because we've got such a, you know, pretty nice body of work these days. Um and uh I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Sorry. Um yeah. It is all it's more WA. Than enough to fill out a, a whole game zone. Yes, <laughs> yeah, there is. And you know, it's just like it's really nice to be included alongside screen. So um yes, I I think it'll be really nice to um put the games out there alongside all this other stuff. And we still have, we're, so we're accepting on a rolling basis, so it's closing, applications are closing Monday? Um, they, yeah, well, yeah. so they're closing tomorrow, but um, happy to push it till Monday, yeah. and then, yeah. We'll so we have a few spots available still, so yeah. if you're uh, haven't applied and not on our radar, please please get in touch. And it's it's not just that'd, VR. That'd be Monday seventeenth if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah. So that may have passed by the time you listen to this, but if yeah. you listen straight away, Monday seventeenth <laughs> of June. Yeah. So it's not just VR. A lot of people kind of assume that it's because it's part of XRWA that it's only VR, but um, it's 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 basically kind of any any WA made game, and it can be in development or finished, which is a little bit different from the usual play at Perth, which is um, games in development. But this is like a, a showcase of what's happening. So. And as long as it's playable, get in touch. And it's nice that this is coming in time with the new funding that was announced yes. a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah. It's all just kind of happening for WA at the moment, which is really amazing. Yeah, it's a big bit of an exciting yeah. year for us. Um, it is just it's just like really nice to be included alongside screen because I mean, four years ago when I was working at SK we went for some we tried to go for some um grant funding and they just straight up was like we love the idea it's great but it's not um art so you won't get anything or it's not a movie so you won't get anything and so yes it's a, been a long time coming yeah and i think <laughs> i think that that's a really good point which is that because it's kind of part of a festival of a very well established art forum which is film it's kind of like adding that validation which unfortunately we still need to some extent in wa but um i think that it's yeah, it's it's just really great, and also we have funding for three years, so this is going to be something that's going to keep going for another two years at least. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's yeah, it's it's also we're doing kind of the broad spectrum of things, which includes um, the enterprise stuff and the commercial stuff, but also the art stuff, like the really just pushing the boundary stuff. So thanks for watching Pixel Sift. If you're just joining us on one of our live platforms, we're talking to Dr. Kate Rains Goldie and Soph Matha about the new interactive games festival called XRWA. So, Kate, the festival um, VR technology has been around for quite a while, and like you said, this tends to have a little bit of focus on uh, VR. Why are we now just getting an event like XRWA? Well, yeah, that's. I mean, I think it's it's starting to become part of the mainstream. Like, I, I think last year was the year before that it was people were thinking 
uh, VR was going to finally go mainstream, especially with games. And I don't think it really happened in the way that people thought, which is that a lot of the really successful examples of VR have actually been in the enterprise space. So like training and simulation, um, as well as things like digital twins and kind of non-game stuff, but using game technology, which is what Sentient does. So um, I think that in terms of it being uh, kind of a more mainstream thing, it's just taking longer than people thought because it's not kind of playing out the way that people thought. Mm. How is that all playing out? Kate, like what is the, the way that it's working that I guess maybe we thought it was going to go one way, but how is it kind of the reality of virtual reality and, and mixed reality and yeah, I mean, it, augmented it's, reality? Yeah, it's it's kind of, and I think that's why we're starting to move towards that XR um, way of describing it because it's we have all these kind of, uh, you know, acronyms to describe what's essentially becoming the same thing, which is um, why Microsoft is now pushing that mixed reality idea, which is that you have one kind of goggle that, moves you between being completely in virtual reality to being kind of in augmented reality. And uh, the kind of what seems to be really successful and like why, for example, sentient computing is doing really well, or like companies like Hendry um, in the West Coast, or the East Coast, excuse me, and um, and uh, Opaque Space, who do astronaut training with VR. Uh, the reason that they're doing really well is because um, VR, I think, lends itself to doing things that are dangerous or... Um, dangerous or hard to do in real life like going to space is hard to do mm -hmm. um without actually going to space or the stuff that sentient's doing which is um training for things that are dangerous like working with high voltage electricity or working at heights and so it, it lends itself to that but i think it's still a little bit um clunky for you can't do a lot of things when you're in virtual reality you can't eat when you're in virtual reality mm -hmm. right which is kind of yeah it makes gaming a little bit less fun I, I think it's like um, just it's a pretty expensive platform. It's not mm. super accessible for your regular average Joe. So like oh, I like I love being in VR. It's really exciting, but I, I don't know. And it's quite a large setup as well. It takes up a lot of space, but it's still amazing. Yeah, but it's it's, it's, it's becoming more accessible. It's just taking yeah. taking longer because it's more yeah. of that enterprise. But stuff do you reckon it will be like a household item? I, don't, I had a bet with someone, and I totally lost. <laughs> <laughs> what was the bet for? Oh, I think it was it was going to go mainstream by, like, mm. last year. Yeah, so I, I definitely lost <laughs> that bet. Um, I, I think that it's going to require it not being so cumbersome. So mm. I think we're starting to get to that point where it's just kind of wearing glasses. And uh, But there's a whole other set, set of kind of issues with that, which Google experienced when they tried to make glass, which they're doing that, again. Yeah. yeah, so they're doing it again because maybe it was too soon. But, yeah, we'll see. See what happens. I think pricing is a big factor as well because mm. it was a really high barrier for a lot of people to get in. Mm. Um, and now that we're seeing some headsets that are around the same price as your home console, that does make a big difference for people. Yeah. Yeah, the Microsoft ones too. Like I know Maze is working with uh, the Microsoft ones that I think – and they also have the – you don't have to have those um, – what are they called? The light – the lighthouses. You don't have to have that whole setup that you did with the um, with the Vive. So it makes it, I think it just uses in, internal cameras. Oh, wow. So it makes it a lot easier to, so it's like that kind of stuff is, is making it a lot easier and less expensive. So Soph, do you hope that the Play Up Perth showcase will connect the film audience of Revelation Film Festival with game developers and get those people on board? Yes, yeah, totally. Um, I think like if the, um, like, you know, movie crew are, uh, see what the, what's like the potential of video games and the, the stories that can be told and the creative people working in it as well. Like, you know, these are super skilled, highly talented people and, like, 
um, yeah, like I think there's there's so many collaborations and possibilities in that in, alone. And, yeah, just the fact that we're actually able to work with them now, like mm. they're not ignoring us. <laughs> I don't know if they're ignoring us, but they just didn't, it didn't occur to them. And, like, even, like, people realising that there are video games in Perth, you know, um, reaching out to, the, like, a wider audience is, can only be a good thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm hoping so. I'm excited to meet all these TV movie people. <laughs> I think it would be kind of fun. Um, and I, I'm really, like, proud of what Perth has um, to show for itself, particularly, like, well, yeah, just in general, actually. I just, like, I think we've um, had a few really, really amazing years and I want to show that off. So, mm. yeah, I'm really excited about this Play Up edition, uh, Play Up Game Zone, presented by Sentient. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really, really cool. So. Yeah. And just finally for both of you, what is the, the, I guess, the one aspect of it you're most excited for people to experience? Oh, I think for me, it's kind of, and just kind of to jam on what you were saying, is that that um, intersection of, of all the different um, kind of industry sectors, because it's it's really explicitly designed so that you might come because you're curious about VR, but then, you know, find yourself at the at play, the play at Perth Game Zone and, and be like, oh, what's this? And just have your mind blown and to have those kind of collaborations, because it's explicitly set up so that there is something to kind of draw people in from all different backgrounds and getting to talk to each other. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what VR is going on in Perth because I don't actually know. I, I I do know like quite a few people working in it, but I haven't seen what they're doing and I haven't um yeah seen the extent of it all. And also on a p- personal level, I'm I'm going to probably throw in a few weird games into the mix over the weekend. So I'm excited to see how they get received. Um, I- I'm excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, well, that's about all we have time for on today's show. Kate, if people want to find out more about XRWA, where can they go? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, tickets are on sale. If you go to xrwa.com.au, you can buy tickets for the whole festival. You can buy tickets for individual events for Play Up. I think it's 10 bucks to come. Yeah. That's for the whole, like, that's not just for Play Up. That's like the whole Emporium? Uh, I, think, I think that's just for Play Up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, cool. <laughs> Well, there we go. So that's on from the 6th to the 14th. So thank you very much for joining us for another episode of Pixel Sift. Thank you very much, Kate and Soph, for joining us, telling us all about XRWA. I know I'm very excited to see what will be there. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. That's right. So that epi- this episode has been hosted by myself and Gianni. Thanks for joining me tonight, Gianni. Always a pleasure. And it was produced by Mitch Lowe and the executive producer once again was Gianni Di Giovanni. Now, we wouldn't have been able to make 123 episodes of Pixel Sift if we didn't have the support of Murdoch University. So you can go check them out and tell them that we sent you. So if you're keen to learn more about a great creative degree, you can go to murdoch.edu.arts forward slash arts. Uh, as always, we'll be sticking links to topics we talked about in the show in the show notes on our website, and that's at www.pixelsif.com.au. Um, thank you to everyone who has uh, joined us on Discord, and every uh, episode will ask you about the topic that we're going to be talking about, and we get your input into the show so you get to hear what's happening. If you want to join, you can do that on our website, which is pixelsift.com.au forward slash discord. Uh, you can share your creative work as well because we love to see what people are making, um, talk about any of the topics or talk about any of the games that you've been playing. So that is pixelsift.com 
discord.com.au forward slash discord. I want to give a big shout out to Scott who made that new piece of intro music for us. It's been a, a long time, about 122 episodes with the old one, and we've now got a brand new one. So thank you to Scott as well, who are doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, if you like what we do, tell a friend. Um, we don't pay to advertise, so we rely on you telling people that you think we do a good job. And our next episode will be on the 27th of June. And if you join us this time next week, we'll be, it will be Pixel Sift Plays, where we play some of the many games that are featured on our show. So that's all for this week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.